It wasn't a sweep, but boy, did it feel good to take the series from the Yankees in the Bronx. We'll break down the Subway series, look ahead to the seven-game homestand this week, and take a trip to the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy. Our guest this week was covering that Subway series at Yankee Stadium, and we'll talk about it with Pix 11 sports reporter Justin Walters. So pop open a beer and apply some suntan lotion and rosin if you need it, and join us for a post-4th of July edition of Amazing But True from the New York Post. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing, amazing but true, orange and blue, so amazing, here's the pitch, New York folks, it's out of here, we got you. Welcome back to Amazing But True, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. I'm your host, Jake Brown, alongside my co-host, former Mets pitcher, Nelson Figueroa, Emmy-nominated Nelson Figueroa, Emmy award-winning Nelson Figueroa. Speaking of Emmy-nominated... That is Justin Walters from Picks 11 is going to join us later in the show. Follow us on Twitter, Jake Brown Radio, Figgy NY. Subscribe, rate, review, Apple Podcasts. We appreciate your support. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Justin later on, the Academy later on, the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy with Justin and with me. So you get a double dose of the Academy coming at you later. But Figgy, I barely have a voice today. And it, you would think it's from going all the games. It was really from singing Backstreet Boys and in sync at Britney Spears Friday night after I left you. Oh, uh, you know, when the bar gets too loud, you have to elevate your voice. <laughs> and uh, you mix in some Let's Go Mets chants and the woo, you know, Let's Go Mets. Woo. That woo is very taxing on the lungs, I will say. <laughs> Uh, I was holding it down for the Mets fans, and Figgy, the place was packed with Mets fans. They made their presence felt in the Bronx. You take the series. We'll talk about Sunday night's loss in a second. But overall, if you're a Mets fan, you got to be happy with what you saw over the weekend. Some timely hits. In two games, they had 18 runs. The pitching was pretty solid outside of Stroman was a little shaky. The pitching wasn't bad. And you go into a seven-game homestand to close out the first half, three and a half games up in first place, and beating a Yankees team and making a statement that right now you are the Kings of New York for 2021. Obviously, 27 World Series, blah, blah, blah. Kings of New York right now are in Queens. Sounds uh, about right. One thing we got to be very, very careful of, they won two out of three. Yankees could easily win two out of three uh, when they play at City Field. But for the time being, yes, the Mets are sitting up top. The Yankees are seemingly spiraling and continue to spiral slowly down in the American League East. I don't see the Red Sox slowing down. We know what Tampa Bay does each and every year. They don't have an off year since about eight years ago when, you know, Kevin Cash went from scout to a very young major league manager and has done a tremendous job there. But this Subway Series was fun, man. It was fun to watch. It was fun to see how this Mets team played in that playoff type atmosphere of the Bronx where you had the cheers going on. You had the booze, you had the the fans interaction, which is what we've been clamoring for since the pandemic. This was everything. More than 40,000 in attendance both days. You know, I, I, we missed out on Friday night, that's for sure. But at the same time, got to see some great baseball, got to see uh, the Mets do the little things that I spoke about that I needed to see this team do. I didn't care who came back. I didn't care who was in the lineup. All I wanted this team to do was find a way to string together three, four, five hits at a time and play team-oriented baseball, move a guy over, hitting the little hits. It wasn't home runs. It was a ton of singles. It was a ton of singles in that short Yankee Stadium porch. Dom Smith had a nice game with the two home runs, but you're looking at a team that can hit the baseball. 
Having said that, they struck out a ton because when the relievers came in, you had guys like Lysica and uh, we saw Chad Green. Those guys came in and absolutely lit it up. Tons of strikeouts. King even had nine strikeouts in a relief appearance. So when you look on paper, there was a ton of strikeouts by the Mets, but there was timely hitting by the Mets. And even though Lindor had a bunch of hits, but he still never came up with the big one, like the big clutch one. It was the tying one that he had where he rolled the ground ball through. That's the moment we're still waiting for, for him to hit that three-run bomb, bat flip in the whole nine yards. Still waiting for that kind of Lindor to show up. Putting the ball in play is a, is a positive thing. And I think Brandon Nimmo, Getting back in the lineup was huge, huge because he works the count. He does the little things. He played a, a really good center field as well. You saw these guys really feeding off each other, and it, it's been fun to watch this Mets team this year. And I continue to say that they are doing the little things. Even though they lose a starter every week or every other week, they seem to find a way to piece together enough and, and be in almost every single ball game. Uh, Pete Alonso said they're never out of it, and that's what you want to be. You want to have that confidence that, hey, we've been here before game on the line against the other team's closer, all-star closer, by the way, and able to tie the game with a home run and then add on and continue to add on. Very good for the Mets, and I think doubly as good because you see what kind of spiral the Yankees have been in, and you see how really lethargic they were hitting the baseball, almost no solid contact, bloop hits here and there. You had those short porch home runs to right field, which are absolutely ridiculous. You want to talk about banning something in baseball? Ban the short porch in right field in Yankee Stadium. It's just really a, a joke when it comes to a major league hitter being able to just hit a pop-up to right field and it's a home run. Mets did everything they needed to do to prove where they're at and to continue to improve where they're at. The Yankees have a lot of work to do. Yeah, a lot to react there. One, the right field is a joke. And I'll say this, you know, Corey Oswalt did not pitch bad. That was his only, you know, mistake was that home run that some people say, you know, wiffle ball homer, whatever it was. I said, well, I don't get the Mets fascination every year with Corey Oswalt after he hit that. A lot of people agreed. A lot of people disagreed. And, you know, I had people saying, what else could they have? Our own Zach Braziller, you know, his dog is still uh, crushing on that, that toy in the background and uh, growling in the background as we speak. But, you know, Zach was like, who else could they have gotten? Well, they could have went May as an Oprah. Castro, I know, is struggling as an Oprah. You know, I thought they would have maybe done someone, maybe a loop in the in the seventh inning once the, they, had, they had that six run output. And I got to say, that was unbelievable how that all escalated. The homer, the walks, I mean, the homer was just electric. The place went crazy, but just everything that followed base it after base it and, you know, moving station to station and guys moving around, just playing small ball and getting guys around. It was remarkable. I thought maybe they could have saved Lugo for the second game to go three innings. I'd like to see more, and you might need to see it this week when the Mets are going to need a starter one of the days. I believe it's Wednesday against the Brewers to see Lugo go three or four because they could use him uh, expanded right now because they're running out of options. But can the people who tweet me stop acting like Corey Oswalt is the Lord and Savior? I know he's our ninth starter. He's a tenth starter. My whole point with saying that is that the Mets need to get better depth where you don't keep going to Corey Oswald. This is a guy with a 5 a 5 ERA in 2018. 2019 only pitched six innings, gave up nine runs in those six innings. 2020 only 13 innings, gave up seven runs. And then this year, I know he's pitching well. He's only given up four runs and 10 and a third, but they got to get better options than that. And while he's been okay, and I know Luis Rojas is saying he might be the fifth starter, these kind of guys get exposed over time. So while he's pitched good in a short sample size, he will get exposed. So I'm not in love with the whole Corey Oswalt, let's try him again philosophy. I would love the philosophy of make a trade, 
get a starter to the point where I might be more comfortable. When we talked about Cologne, I might be more comfortable <laughs> with Bartolo Cologne making Told spot you. starts. But with all that said, good job. Four innings. I mean, in today's day and age, four innings in a doubleheader, three runs is basically That's going to be the quality new quality start. start. I was going to say that. That's going to be the new quality start. Guy goes four innings. And you're like, you qualify for a win at five innings. At four innings, we're going to give you a quality start. That's the that's going to be the new metric. That's unbelievable to me. Like that, that's where we're at. And the seven inning game at that, I know everybody should be chomping at the bit. Uh, it's a seven inning complete game. Bet, watch this, and just go all out for those seven innings. We saw. I mean, listen, cut Corey Oswell some slack. You know, across in the other dugout, you had a guy who's an all star, the highest paid pitcher in baseball and Garrett Cole, who had one of his worst starts of his career, giving up, you know, four runs there very, very early and putting the Yankees behind bigger issues on, on the other side in the Bronx. I'm perfectly fine with Corey Oswald making some, some appearances. He's the 10th, 10th man on this staff. They've gone through so many and every week. It's another guy going down. Well, you got to get depth figure. You have to, I but mean, they you can't be throwing You them can out only there. have so much depth where you are literally, you don't have spots on. Here's the thing, Jake, you have only so many spots on the 40 man roster, right? For these guys who are, who guys who are hurt guys who you're hoping to come back. You're going to have to start releasing guys like Jordan Yamamoto because he's on the, on the IL and you, you, his roster spot you know those are the things that you can't do so those guys are taking up spots so you only have so many people that you can choose from because you have them on the 40-man roster so yes it's it's bleak uh when it when you're looking at but that's the fifth starter we're worried about right as long as these other four guys are able to go out there are you against considering lugo though as an opener for three or four innings is that out of the question i i think I'm still in in the school of Lugo is a better reliever than he is a starter, and he's one of my most reliable weapons on a game-in and game-out basis. And it doesn't matter the matchup. It doesn't matter lefties or righties. It doesn't matter situation. I consider Lugo is the Swiss Army knife of relievers. He can come in as a stopper in the sixth inning. He can come in as you know a, a guy just to get three righties out or go two innings, the seventh and eighth, and turn it over to Diaz. He can pitch you the ninth inning and, and, and get all you know three outs, and you don't really bat an eyelash thinking, oh, my God, Lugo's in the game. So I'd rather have him available. As but many with nights Peterson in a row. now eight weeks, I mean, Peterson, September, Syndergaard, September, Carrasco, we don't even know anymore. And, and Lucchese, obviously, out for the season. It's something you got to consider, unless you're going to go out and get Barrios. And I know they said they're interested in Josh Donaldson. That's maybe a rumor. Unless you get a combo of Barrios and Donaldson, you got to consider the Lugo because you can't until September go with Oswald. I know you're still in first and you're up three and a half games. You just, I don't think it's physically you're going to survive. And I know it's once every five days. Okay, well, you can't give yourself, your team, a chance to lose every five days. You want a pitcher that gives you a chance to win. So the problem is the trade market, as we know, hasn't materialized. It's July 5th, not July 25th. So that's what's probably hurting the Mets here. But can you get a Lyles, get one of these guys on the last place teams and, you know, trade a prospect and go get them at this? Because you, you need an arm and you need it now. Yeah, I mean, Barrios would be a fantastic get. Um, I just don't think the Twins are ready to give up on a guy who's the top of their rotation type ace with ace stuff. Love his stuff. I think it plays up big time uh, on a winning team and not in Minnesota where you never really hear about him. That would be a fantastic get, but I don't know what it would take to get him. You have so many pieces that are hurt. <laughs> You're trading damaged goods. 
So I don't see a team being like, yeah, give me, uh, you know, all these guys. There's not much to offer. So it, it may take something really creative where you might be getting somebody out of a big contract and the team eats some of their contract and they get a couple of players out of it, some lower level guys, but they want to get out of a big contract that they're stuck in. I have said this before and I know it and he's hurt. I think he was hurt as well last time we spoke. You're looking at pitchers who that you know what they're capable of doing. We're seeing a lot of guys getting an opportunity. And they're getting hurt. They're pitching one game at the big league level and they're getting hurt. I've never seen this happen so many times. Bartolo Colon, you could get him off the street right now. You get him from Mexico. I don't think Mexico is going to hold out to, for uh, a big package deal. It wouldn't hurt you to have somebody who you can just kind of plug in there and say, go ahead, whatever you do, win, lose, or draw, just eat up innings. Yeah, and I mean, listen, Oswald's the guy right now, and I'm rooting for him. You know, I don't understand the fascination, but I'm wrong all the time. And clearly I was wrong on Sunday night because he only gave up the Little League home run, and then he was fine for four. I mean, you like to get more life out of him, but I think I actually agree with I'm actually surprised in the first game that he left Stroman out there basically to die. I mean, Stroman was out forever, and I know you needed innings, but it was like, geez, I mean, he clearly doesn't have anything, and he kept him out there. So that was a little odd, but, I mean, you get it, Subway Series, and and they won the game, so it's a moot point. Nimmo, as you mentioned before, huge. I mean, three for six, two for five the first two games. Just scoring runs, moving over, still seems to be idiotic sometimes on the base pass when he rounded second in that tie game and really at that time hurt the Mets with that base running blunder. The guy will run to first on a walk and then run like a drunken sailor around the base pass after that. That bothered me a little bit, but with that being said, he was essential at the top of that lineup, and this is a different team with him in there, and we know how good he was before he got hurt with that 325 average or whatever it was, and having him back is monumental to this order that is just craving someone to score runs, move guys over, and just get on base because even getting on base has been a problem. We saw Peraza hits in the clutch, still a low average. McKinney making the cut over Albert Amora surprised us a little bit. I guess he's a better bat, but not as good defensively. So, you know, a couple intriguing things happening. VR coming out of nowhere to come back for game two. I thought he might have been a couple days away. So things are happening in this lineup, and hopefully we could see this week, Figgy, more of the game one of the doubleheader and Saturday offensive Mets and not the offensive lineup uh what they did against chad green who had an immaculate inning in that seventh inning yeah that was that was impressive to watch because he was just and that's exactly what the yankees needed that's what we were talking about with lugo right you go three innings and he's your best reliever and you let him do it that was do or die right there they, they couldn't they couldn't afford to lose that game as well and then you're going to wind up losing green for you know two three days at least um, before he's going to be able to go back out there. You don't know what's going on with Chapman. This is more than just spin rate stuff and grip stuff with him. This is a guy who's kind of totally lost his edge. His edge used to be blowing people away with 105-mile-an-hour fastballs. I'm not seeing a lot of guys afraid to stand in there. I mean, Michael Conforto got hit with 100 miles an hour and kind of shrugged it off. So <laughs> that tells you that the, the, the ball isn't the same coming out of his hand. I'm still waiting for, you know, McNeil, Conforto. I want big moment guys. Man, I who was it? Was it... Uh, Lakata, who said Conforto has never, he can't remember, other than I think it was the home run off uh, Granke back in the playoffs in 2015 where he hit it off the pole and uh, Dodger Stadium and dented the pole. You don't remember this guy like coming up clutch. He doesn't come up clutch in big moments. And I, I, it's unfortunate. I, I feel like he was one of the guys that I would say, hey, if the game's on the line, I want him up there. But I don't see him coming through in the clutch. I, Lindor had a bunch of times with bases loaded and you're like, man, this is it. And he struck out going down to one knee and he's smiling and everything else. And he's two 
two for three, but they're little weak ground balls they get through. We're not still seeing him tear the cover off the ball. At times, McNeil, some of these swings he took this weekend were absolutely, they were out of a little league park where a guy has never batted lefty before. They were swinging over their, his head, swinging down between his legs. He was all over the place. Still not seeing the same McNeil that we've seen in the past. And yet this team is still in first place and playing winning baseball. It's something that you almost want to show your kids, but you don't want to show your kids because they're winning some ugly baseball as well. But you take it if you can get to the all-star break and still have a four to five game lead in the division. And you know you're going to get pieces back and guys are going to get some rest. This Mets team really has, has done a lot in just the uh, two months after April. A lot has happened. They've survived it. Uh, I'm excited to see them be able to band together because they know they've been in every situation so far and have been able to come out on top. Come back soon, Cookie. We need you. And uh, I had a rainbow cookie in my mouth in game one. You, let me just give you the lineup of what the Legends Club had. What I, you, you had a sampling Friday, but Sunday there was even more. So the combination of Friday and Sunday, here, here's what I had about 12 plates of this stuff. And Jimmy, you might want to turn the podcast off if, if, you don't want, if you don't want to hear about me being elitist and eating at baseball games. Now, you witnessed some of it. I think with you, I may be at three or four plates, but it was also the rain out. So I didn't have the whole game to eat as I did with seven innings on Sunday. So I got the little buy one, get one meal special. I'm finessing Yankee Stadium out of out of food. And, you know, Friday was good seeing you. We saw Strawberry Layerits, obviously Jeff Nelson, Chris Sheeran, who we had on the show. Good times were had, but prime rib, shrimp, lobster, lamb sliders, pasta. They had sushi, which you dabbled in. I, I'm not a sushi guy, so I didn't have the sushi. They have hot dogs, chicken fingers, fries, pizza, cookies, cupcakes lamb chop sunday they they added uh they had breakfast sunday what? too i'm sorry I didn't what breakfast. a lamb chop sunday uh, those, no lamb oh, chop on sunday. sunday on sunday i they thought you said chop. a lamb chop sunday you were talking about desserts and then you said a lamb chop sunday i, I was like they what did the have hell? ice they did have sundays and ice cream so i could have dipped my lamb chops in the, <laughs> the ice cream to make the first ever lamb chop sunday in the history of modern oh, civilization man. you can hear people um, saying now have you ever had the jake brown before it's fantastic <laughs> One of everything, please. Oh, I mean, I think oh. the, even the servers were like, this f- freaking fat ass. Yeah, I mean, cursing. <laughs> it was so much. But, uh, Cracker Jacks, Ring Pops, Kit Kats, popcorn. Look, it was almost that, obnoxious it's, it's, how it's, much food they it, give you. It, it, it is. No, 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 no. They don't give you. They offer you. You they act like it. they held you at gunpoint and they forced you to eat it. You they saw just... my stomach and they did that. They Listen, helped me at ma- ma- Mama Brown and, and Papa Brown are going to really not be happy with this segment. I'm going to have to save you from your own self. I am just happy that you did not have to wear your nails uh, up on the Jumbotron. Oh, and with Sarah lost internet. We were trying to have her in here. Uh, she was uh, she was sad. She was not was happy sending, at all. That, those pictures, that I've scene. never seen her look that, that down about anything. Yeah, when, when the Let's Go Mets chance were going in that, in that six-run seventh inning, she was like, shut up! <laughs> and uh, she wasn't happy. And, uh, yeah, it was, thank God, because, you know, if it went to the second game, she was not going, and I would have had to, uh, you know, see that ending in dismay and wear the nail polish. So she will be wearing Mets nail polish at a future game, and the shirt and a Mets hat, and we'll have to get the scoreboard uh, operator to uh, come over there. Yeah, then, uh, listen, I'm looking for forward to this next series again a first place club coming into town so the Mets can show what they can do we said that about the Padres when they played those seven games with the Padres and the Mets held their own and came out on top in the season series you're going to have Milwaukee coming into town who's in first place playing really good baseball uh you know this is 
more of the tests. And if they can find a way to 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 continue to win at home the way that they've been doing, they've had a tremendous season at home this year. It'll be fun because then you get a chance to beat up on the Pirates right before the All-Star break. So it should be some momentum going into the All-Star break. Uh, across, of course, in the Bronx, it ain't getting any easier because they're going to have to deal with the Astros before the All-Star break. And if you think the Astros want to kick them while they're down, you're sadly mistaken. So And even the Mariners, who are ahead of them in the wild card standings they play this week. So the Yankees are really behind everyone. I feel like this is the mess. This is like role reversals going on in 2020. The Mets usually, you know, have six teams in front of them, and I'm like checking the wild card standings every day, <laughs> thinking if they have any sort of life. And now the Mets are in first, and the Yankees are 10 games out. And that was palpable over the weekend. We were loud. We were rocking that joint, um, and it was exciting to see those big crowds. And coming up this week, as Figgy said, the Brewers – and the Pirates, who are not good, and the Cubs in that division are also on a nine-game losing streak. So uh, they're getting closer to the Pirates in the stadium. The Pirates are 20 games back. The Brewers surging 9-1 in the last 10, 51-34. McGill on the mound Monday versus Woodruff. DeGrom Tuesday to be determined for the Mets Wednesday. And we'll preview that Pirates series on Thursday's podcast. Speaking of that energy and atmosphere, Justin Walters of Pix 11 was there. He'll join us next here on Amazing But True. Joining us now on Amazing But True is newly Emmy nominated. You can add that to the bio. It is a game changer. I've uh, been nominated into the Buffet Hall of Fame, but not an Emmy-nominated sports reporter at Picks 11. You can find him on Twitter at Justin Walters TV. He was covering the Subway Series in the Bronx over the weekend. Justin Walters, welcome to Amazing But True. How are you? I love that intro. I'm amazing, especially after that. It doesn't get any better. The first time someone ever used those words to describe me. Yes, I have added it to the bio because you have to. You could put that clip in in your Hall of Fame reel in the future when uh when you get into what what is the writers the reporters Hall of Fame is there a Hall of Fame for TV reporters Yeah, there is broadcasters. Bob Costas is probably in there among many others. I know Mike Green's in the National Basketball Hall of Fame, so we'll see. Slow treading, one step at a time. Well, congrats. I know it was on the plight of black quarterbacks, Emmy-nominated story. So congrats on that. Welcome to the show. We're glad to have you on, Justin. I know I saw you at the Nets game. Like me, you were all over the place at the different arenas and the stadiums, and you were also there in the Bronx over the weekend, and you could kind of feel, Justin, you tell me if you agree, the energy of excited Mets fans and loud first-place Mets fans versus very disgruntled, frustrated Yankee fans and a team whose playoff hopes, I won't say slipping away, but when you're 10 games out of first place, you could say they're slowly starting to slip away. Nah, let's call a spade a spade. They're certainly slipping away. And if not for winning that game two of the doubleheader, man, that certainly was a much needed band-aid to stop the bleeding for now because they're going to be heading into this all-star break. As Aaron Boone said, he's not even thinking about that. They need to try to carry over this victory as they're going to be playing Seattle and then maybe Houston. Let's see what they're able to do. But wow, the energy, you could just see it just leave the stadium, or I should say transfer, from the Yankee side of things to the Mets after Pete Alonso hit that home run, I was like, holy, like, what the hell is going on? Just to see how everything took place. And a Aroldis Chapman coming in and to think that on a day that the Yankees needed their two best pitchers, arguably, Aroldis Chapman and Garrett Cole, both of them were bounced out early. Like, what is going on? And then they were voted all-stars. There's a lot going on, and I think you have to throw into the context that they were called out by their GM and owner. The owners has been put on the players. 
everyone always wants heads to roll when the team isn't playing well. Is manager Aaron Boone going to go? Is it the architect GM Brian Cashman? I think the latter has a better chance of staying. I don't think Cashman will be let go regardless of what takes place this season. Boone, his contract is going to be up. But yeah, there's just a lot going on right now. But if you're the Mets, you're beaming with excitement. I was in the post-game press conference speaking to Luis Rojas, and he honestly, I wouldn't say ticked off, but he was a bit surprised and startled that more Mets weren't voted All-Stars. So I think there's that chip on the shoulder, little brother mentality. They're still going to try to push forward. And right now he said that he doesn't see anything slowing his guys down right now. And they're playing like that. And Brandon Nimmo having coming back a catalyst for a lot of those runs, the thing is, is definitely in the right trend. It's not supposed to be this way right now in the Bronx and I think to see the fans and you were there to actually experience you and Jake to experience the fans and just the way that energy has changed and it must have been an awesome feeling well for Met fans at least to be able to do that this weekend yeah definitely did feel good for them but I think it's just based off of all the storylines that are taking place why they feel so good because not only do they see themselves in first place, I think today's day 74, the longest for any team in all of baseball to be in first place, but they know on the other side of town, it feels like Rome is burning. <laughs> so they're building things. They have the new owner, Optimism, Sandy Alderson back. Luis Rojas has definitely proved himself as a better uh, manager. And you could just take that based off the tone of his press conferences. But that's repetition. You're able to learn as a team. Think about when Carlos Carrasco maybe comes back to this lineup. Imagine Jacob DeGrom, but everything that this team has endured, especially with the batting lineup, I should say more of the percentages. They have to do much better. Hopefully this offensive outburst can carry over to the next series moving over because that is going to be the big key. I was surprised to see how many runs. I was like, which Mets team is this? Where did this come from? <laughs> yeah, but it's funny because we talked about it, right? The, the, a lot of all-star snubbing going on. Are you really getting mad if you're the Mets and we're sitting there going, why isn't McKinney on the all-star ballot? He's batting 217. Every guy in this lineup was batting 220 or less. We applauded this team so much. And we were like, man, he's been doing a great job. Even Peraza, who came up clutch with that big hit. And you look at what his numbers are on the season. He's barely batting 200. But it's the timely hits that the Mets are getting. And when I talked about playing team baseball, that team yesterday played team baseball and just put the ball in play nonstop where they scorched hits. No, but you're frustrating a pitcher who can't find his breaking ball, who can't get the same life on the spin on his baseball, wherever he's throwing each pitch. And yet you're putting the ball in play, frustrating him. He hits a batter. They played team baseball. They kept the line moving and all they did was add on runs. And that's one of the things that I said, this team has to do no relying on the home run. They didn't hit many home runs at all. If it wasn't for Peter Alonso, they what one home run, the whole subway series. That isn't how baseball is played these days, but it's refreshing to see an old school version of this, of this Mets team without having to rely on one superstar to carry the load. You said Rome is burning, more like the Bronx is burning. That was the uh, the special in the late seventies. What, what was that team uh, figure? It was like with Billy Martin. It was the Bronx yeah. is burning. That was that was a documentary. Mm-hmm. Documentary right? they did with uh, was with uh, Steinbrenner. It was when Billy Martin fist fought uh, Reggie Jackson. Uh-huh. It was his birthday this past weekend, and all yes. this on that. Uh-huh. I'm telling you, it, it, the Bronx is. Bur- I mean, the, the fans in front of me. As soon as Chapman came in, they're like, "No, leave, <laughs> leave Chad Greeny at two pitches. Probably should have stayed in. You're trying to salvage the series, and then Pete hits one out, and then boy, that escalated quickly. Brick killed the guy. I mean, so what happened? <laughs> Six run inning in like five minutes. 
I'm here stuffing my face with 20,000 calories of food with five plates to the left of me, and the Mets come back and win. It was a stunner, Justin, and I think everyone who cleared out of that building, good luck getting back in the second game if you didn't have the clear uh, thing where you put your fingerprint on because it was a SH you-know-what show outside trying to get back in for game two. But, you know, there's something special, Justin, about the Subway Series, and you're kind of getting the feel of the, of the New York energy and the vibes. It's different. And you saw it in the numbers, 42,000 on Sunday for both games, 40,000 on Saturday, the biggest crowds in New York uh, since the pandemic. Despite how bad the Yankees are or how bad the Mets usually are, there's something different about this weekend, and, and it shows you why when both teams are good, baseball kind of reigns supreme in New York when these teams are at the top of the mountain, especially in the dog days of summer when you're looking for things to do. Being out of the ballpark, it, it, it's, a, it's a special thing, the Subway Series. Yeah, it's a nice treat. And I know I was asking a few fans leading into this. Everybody was asking, has this Subway Series lost its allure, the juice, the buzz? And I know Aaron Boone says, I don't think so. And I think because fans, journalists, any person that is a fan of baseball was starving for being in that atmosphere in person, it's quickly to forget what the – atmosphere was like pre-pandemic because last year's subway series i remember the artificial crowd noise to one point where i was sitting in the press box and i looked up because i heard people cheering and it was just instinctual and i looked around and i was like oh that's just the artificial crowd noise I was like, oh. <laughs> like i hear some chairs and it was just no one around but no i think it still does have its buzz and juice the only thing missing from this week that really would have sent it over the top is of course not just to see i don't root for garrett cole to have a meltdown but to see Garrett Cole against Jacob DeGrom, to have the highest paid pitcher in baseball, one time looked at as one of the best pitchers in baseball before this downturn or falling off of a cliff, at least for now in that sample size, versus the best pitcher in baseball. And that honestly would have probably really taken the attendance to another level. But yeah, it was great. It delivered. We saw the Yankees down 8 nothing, right? Judge hits a home run. And they were doing all these little celebrations, taking pictures of him, him the forearm bash. What are you celebrating at 8-1? That you individually hit a home run? That's what you're celebrating. And so I get the vibes of, hey, listen, you want to applaud these players because they're so talented, you know, and they're charismatic. and they're But you're down 8-1. to one. I watched it on the other side when the Mets were down. Alonzo hits the two-run home run. And it was more subdued. Like, it was like, all right, that's great. I hit a home run that made it closer. It was a 3-2 game there. And it was a more subdued uh, celebration. I'm about that. I'm about you. If you tie the ball game, you put your team ahead, you win the ball game. You win the ball game, backflip up and down the lines all you want. All right. You, you deserve it. You walked it off. I agree with you from that. I think context matters. It all has to be the moment. How many scores or how many runs are in the game? What is the score right now? So Jose Batista certainly was warranted. In Aaron Judge's case, if the score is that case, I didn't see him actually do those motions while at the game. I missed it. It looked like he was annoyed, though, but he looked annoyed like he had to go through with it. You know what I mean? It was like, uh, 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 I don't really want to do this. But and yet you got to keep up this facade that, you know, this is my brand. My brand is when I hit a home run, I catch uh, or who's it? Stanton. He grabs the football from the third base coach and he jukes all that stuff. We saw Marcelo Zuna early in the season. They were down seven runs. He hits a home run and he stopped before he got to first base and act like he took a selfie of himself. Are you freaking kidding me? Well, that's the most movement Stan, Stan has because he's on the bench as a DH all day. So the only thing is uh, him doing the handoff. But that, but that, that's the kind of that's the kind of thing that upsets me. And it's not the old man get off my lawn kind of thing. 
listen, I watch Acuna, and when he hits a bomb, hey, you hit a bomb, Tatis. When they hit a bomb and it's a tie in the game, give them the lead. There's a nothing, nothing game. You won nothing, sure. And we can up it. You know, my team hits the tying run. They want to do a little celebration. Sure, whatever. But when you're down seven runs, is it time to really break out your new, your latest moves on your home run celebration? That's where I, I, you lose me with the uh, let the kids play movement. Because I'll tell you right now, the guy's taking a selfie and I'm up eight runs and the guy's taking a selfie of him getting a home run off me. I'm hitting the next two batters so that he may stop and think my teammates are going to suffer because of my actions. I remember in football, I think it was Terrell Owens and Michael Strahan. Unfortunately, I think the Giants lost this game, but Teal was celebrating at a touchdown. And I think the Giants, this was back when Jeff Garcia was the quarterback for the 49ers. The Giants were maybe down or up by 25. They ended up losing that game, but Strahan pointed and said, scoreboard. So I play devil's advocate, and I jump back and forth with different sides of the fence. You would know playing the game. I personally think, like, if you don't want to see someone celebrate, don't give up the home run. I know that's really black and white. You don't want to outshow someone because Garrett Cole, earlier in the game, had a bases loaded. He struck out. I forgot who was up to bat. He uh, pumped his chest. He was like, yeah, let's go. That's not trying to outshow. I don't think it always has to be A to B where it's the person trying to outdo or outclass the other individual because that was a big moment for him. In baseball, even though you're down eight runs, and at this point it wasn't the seventh inning, I think it was the fifth inning, with sixth inning, I think, um, where Judge hit that home run, you can still come back in baseball. So if that energy, if anything, ignites a team, I'm not saying you need to do the selfies, but at least to get excited after that home run, they're on the board because it did help them get two more runs, even though I think eight to three, you never know. Baseball is just a game of those moments. If we're going to go back to that, that can help spark you and your team. It goes to just uh, walking that delicate balance of knowing when to burst out those celebrations and finding ways to help your team out. Because when you're down 8-0 to and you're in that hole, it's like, all right, guys, like what's going to go on? Justin, I know you and and your former Emmy-nominated reporters at NABJ definitely do the uh, the Bash Brothers, you know, do some kind of celebration. Because I know things get wild there. I was going to make my first trip, and then COVID hit because my guy Alex Pineda is always there, and he posts videos, and I'm like, I got to show up to one of these. It just gets wild, so I assume you guys have some celebration when you – each other. It's a situation. Next year's in Vegas. Like, pull up and hop wow. out. Same oh, city. I'm there. I already booked the ticket as as you speak. <laughs> I haven't been to Vegas since I was a kid, and I was just vomiting nonstop because it was so hot, and I was like 12 years old. So I need an adult Vegas experience You'll now. Be vomiting nonstop for other reasons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the last time I was in Vegas was for the Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather fight, if you'd call it that. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. Exhibition. Unquote, Exhibition. Yeah. Exhibition. Circus. Hey, man, yeah. get the bag. Get the bag. Yes, indeed. Justin, do, do you speak Spanish? Un poquito. Hey! All right, we're going to take you to the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy today and see what see what you got in the bag. Figgy, should we give him a couple of words we've used already? I can't roll ours, so we'll give you a retired reliever. Relevo retirado. Relevo retirado. His yeah. R, he's rough with the R's, too. Yeah, yeah. I've always right. had that. I've always had that issue. That's why I studied Spanish in high school and I was thinking about minoring it. Then I did the English. But yeah, I would always struggle. I'm trying to become bilingual and take some classes. 
All right, give him overreact, Figgy. Sobre reaccionar. Sobre reaccionar. Sobre reaccionar. Basically it right there. Way better than Jake. Listen, Jake likes to try and pull people in, and then <laughs> he's been he's been embarrassed. Sal Licata was rolling off ours like it was his job. Then you had Sarah came on, and Sarah was just like flawless with her delivery. And Jake just sits back and he tries to laugh because he has yet. You're trying to, to have me just be part, join you in this rabbit hole. Come on, Jake. What you going to do that for? Take some time out of my day to join you guys. And you're like, nah, let's embarrass him at the end. Let's ass. I think no, he's no. nominated. Let's bring his ass down to reality. <laughs> no, no, no. See, that's why, that's why I, for, you get E for effort. You were on the spot and you came through in the clutch. I'd let you do a little celebration, but not very, not here and not now. You'll join the Academy fully, shortly but surely, I would say, uh, soon. I don't think we're going to do it today. Jake, I'm going to give you three good ones today. Oh, baby. Well, stay tuned for that one because, uh, you know, I just need to see that there's other people that can't roll their R's. And Justin, I thought you might be able to, but, uh, you failed the test, but uh, you're still better, still better than me for sure. That was off the top. I didn't have that plan. You know, most of the things that come on the show just come off the hook. You never know what I'm going to say next. But I will say next is that you should follow Justin Walters on Instagram and Twitter at Justin Walters TV, Emmy nominated reporter, storyteller at all the stadiums and arenas. Catch him on Picks 11, Picks 11 News. Justin, thanks for coming on the show, man. Yes, sir. I'll try better not to fumble the bag when rolling my R's next time. <laughs> you get some practice time in there. You'll be all right. Bienvenidos, mis amigos. It is time now for the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy, where Jake is trying to get just a little bit more cultured so that this way when we're at games, he feels he's in every conversation, especially the ones that I have. So today's words, we're going to do three and they're going to be quick. I'm trying to do a quick segment with this. We're going to talk about the Subway Series. We've been talking about it all day. Here we go. Subway Series in Spanish. Serie de Metro. Serie de Metro. Boom. Easy. See how easy I did this for you? I do something with the T that's kind of metro. <laughs> but well, that's not serie de metro serie de metro yep so it's got met in it so it's a perfect thing to have for the subway series since the mets are leading the subway series as of now congratulations to jacob de grom the lone all-star from the new york mets and, and i'm glad he's not playing because please rest like yeah, I don't. he's pitching i think this sunday before so there's no reason for him to even go unless he's like picking up edibles and weed and in, in colorado <laughs> it is at coors field if he wants to bring some weed back to new york go but good for de grom not going obviously diaz and Walker, both snubs, but at this rate, I'd rather them get the rest. We don't want anyone getting hurt, so I could care less about the All-Star. Just NL, go win, so game one of the World Series is at City Field in October. All-Star game, Juego de Estrellas. Juego de Estrellas. What in the... <laughs> what is what? that last word? Estrellas. Estrellas. Oh, why did your face scrunch <laughs> up like that? Juego de Estrellas. Estrellas. <laughs> You, you turn into like a, a uh, Telemundo villain. Estrellas. Wiggle the Estrellas. Channel 11 on Telemundo. Wiggle the Estrellas. All right. So all-star game. Juego de Estrellas. Juego. Oh. And I'm like, Darth. I went from Chewbacca to Darth oh, Vader. Any any other Star Wars characters want to be impersonated uh, here? Yeah. In I'm, I'm seeing Jake as Jar Jar Binks real soon. Juego de Estrellas. Yes, Juego de Estrellas. All right, two for two. Two for two. So now yeah, here comes the hard one. Here he comes. He's already got it ready for me. Here we Listen, go. Listen, I, I, I was, I, I told mom and dad I would look after you. So we're gonna have. To- I think the setup of this is what you're talking about. Is this? 
Hey, Jake, it's Mom and Dad. We listened to your time on uh, The Fan with Sal. It was pretty entertaining. How come Daddy got in the show and I didn't get mentioned in the show? You really need to, you know, get that weight down because it's a real thing, BMI. So, uh, and cholesterol's uh, in the family. And so, living for today could be a year from now. you got to be careful. Good job on the interview, but don't eat as much. Love you. Bye. Only if they knew what I ate this weekend. <laughs> Did you know you had a cousin named Cholesterol? Said cholesterol's in the family. I didn't know that. Uh, I mean, I got cousins I don't know about coming <laughs> from all different places. Who knows? All right. Busy laughing while trying to I know it's it. something with diabetes, I feel like. Nope. Dieta restringida. Oh, my God. Dieta Is that even Spanish? Restringida. Dietra de Restirita. Oh, did I just roll my R? No, uh, I didn't. You, you rolled, a, I think you rolled a T. It was awful. <laughs> One more time. Dieta. 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 Restringida. You sound like Mike Tyson. What? Restringida. Dietra. De, is there a why day? Is there an R in, why is there an R in dieta? Dieta. Dieta. Like Diet Coke. It's dieta. diet, so dieta. Diet. Resting Hida. Resting Rida. <laughs> Resting Rida. <laughs> so you got no that's shot. My, that's my other this. cousin. She's an old lady. She's resting you got, right you now. Got resting. No, you got no shot of getting this, but it's a dieta restringida. It's a. <laughs> I got to get it in some form. It's a restricted diet. We need oh. to start working on this. Uh, your mother is complaining about your BMI. Your dad is complaining about your, you know, cholesterol in the family. I can't let this happen. You're under my watch for the whole season. We're not even at the all-star break and this concern. Next week is probably going to be an intervention. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm in the, in the suite again and tonight stuff in my face. So, I mean, it just it just doesn't. Dietra de restaurita. <laughs> That's not even close. Stay the, stay Dieta the, restringida. Dieta de resting re, rest. Why does it sound like resting Rita? Is, is Rita sleeping? This is, this is literally how it comes out. Dieta. It's easy. Diet, right? Dieta. Restringent or restring. Like we're going to have to restring your stomach. Restring Rita. Resting Hita. Resting Rita. Oh, my Rest, God. Resting Hita. Resting Hita. Hita. No, next, you're going to go to fajitas. Stop. I see where your mind works. That's it. Se acabó. Se acabó. El Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy. Thank you guys for tuning in. That'll say adios to episode 66, the Josh Edgen edition. Ryan Howard just hit another home run of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to you, Jake and Brian Mungia, for producing the show. Show your boys some love on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating in there and write in a positive review. Gracias, mis amigos. For Nelson Figueroa, I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back on Thursday following the Mets' three-game set against the Brewers and Queens and looking ahead to four with the Pirates. We'll see you at City. Let's go Mets.